Spotlight had like six people that could end our marriage. Like that's Rachel what I Rachel McAdams. Well, um, but Rachel McAdams is is kind of both dual purpose. Yeah. Oh, that sounded terrible. Should she ever hear this, I deeply apologize. Yeah, that no. sounded terrible. We just love you. We yes, love we you. think you're a lovely human being. What about like Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard and How did we get here from Jesus? Hi, my name is Phil Rockwell, and this is the Rock Slide Podcast. This is the most awkward thing I may have ever done in my life, doing this introduction by myself, alone in the dining room. My dog is on the floor next to me, and uh, I'm, I'm pitting out a little bit. It's making me sweat. So why are we doing a podcast? Hell if I know. Uh... Okay, so here's here's the part that's weird. The podcast is going to be me and my wife, and yet I'm here trying to explain what it is we're doing. Um, essentially, the reason the reason we called it the Rock Slide Podcast is twofold. One, our last name is Rockwell, so Rock was incorporated in uh, some fashion, and two. A rock slide is chaos. Things are just going everywhere. You don't really know where things are going. Things are going to go off in all sorts of different directions. And that's really what this podcast is going to be. We are not limiting ourselves to any certain topic. There's going to be a mix. We're going to, we have recorded some fairly serious episodes dealing with some serious stuff. Uh, my family's been through some some trials. I should say our family. My wife's going to hate that. I plan on, (laughs) despite how much of a disaster this experience was, uh, I plan on getting on here at least once a week and talking for a few minutes, a few minutes or 10 about, um, could be anything from likely movies and television to politics to... Who knows what I'm going to talk about, but I plan on getting on here once a week and just doing a short episode for, you know what? I just realized I've talked for this long and you guys don't give This is the most awkward thing I've ever done. It's weird. I don't like it, but I'm happy to share that with you guys. And I want to thank you for giving this a shot. We are new. We are but babes in the podcasting world, um, but regard, but we're going to keep churning these out and hopefully we can be a little entertaining, a little informative, um, a little less awkward than this hot mess. And there will be way more of my wife and a lot less of me than there was in this introduction. So again, thanks for, uh, thanks for lending us your ear holes and I hope you enjoy episode 001 of the Rock Slide Podcast. Ever since Hillary Clinton lost the election, it was very hard for me to, to think positively about, about the future. 
having a five-year-old daughter and going from believing that she was going to grow up not ever thinking twice about the fact that a woman can be elected president of the United States to an absolute grotesque uh, human being. For myself, and I think a lot of people, it was an existential crisis of, oh, is this the country we're going to have moving forward? So I was very cynical. But something has happened between watching the Women's March last year and then this year, and then more recently watching the March for Life. I, I have come around to believe that cynicism doesn't get you anywhere. It's, it's essentially useless. It's super easy to point a light at everything that is wrong, every awful thing that is occurring. Um, but ultimately, illuminating it is useful, but dwelling on it, I think, is counterproductive. So I have abandoned cynicism, and I am going to do my best to look positively forward rather than expecting the worst. Hopefully that all made sense. I love this. I love this new dedication to positivity and getting out of cynicism because especially in the last week, our time here. <gasps> ah! So we just had a candle explode. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a candle. It was the glass. That's okay. It'll be fine. You didn't have to specify what it actually Keep it simple, baby. Oh, sorry. Are we going to like blow that out? No, or put it... it is fine. We're Okay. It'll, fine. It'll come out. Okay. We are here for a very short time. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have countered that before in the past. That How did I counter that? You have said that, um, said something to the effect of uh, life being long or something like that what you said it eloquently but it was in a yeah but the fact of the matter is we have a limited time we have a limited time yeah there you go it can be long or short but it is limited yes that's gonna break some more i know holy smokes (laughs) blow gently oh okay water will work too no it won't no it won't Ah! We're starting a fire in our house. Hold on. All right, break time. <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> a hole in the tablecloth. Uh, we'll have to let that cool down. Oh, bit. all right. Uh, episode one title is going to be we set the tablecloth on fire (laughs) that was fun i guess (laughs) so in case it wasn't clear hopefully the sound on this is amazing (laughs) well you're you're supposed to let those smoke but because i was at the end of it i thought i'll just i'll just burn it randy dumped water in it and the fire went up to the ceiling and <laughs> chaos reigned. Um, <laughs> I, ooh, how do we pick up after that? Uh, what were we talking about? Positivity. That's a okay. Okay. And I said 
<laughs> okay, life is limited. That's where yeah, we yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so... <sighs> so the fact of the matter is we're here no matter what. Fact. So we might as well look for the joy. Um, because just like you said, cynicism is easy. Cynicism is easy. Yes, it is. Being miserable... It takes no work. ...is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a quote I heard, something about the the most, the greatest moral victory is choosing positivity or yeah. something like that. Because there's a lot of things that you could be cynical or miserable about. Yes, it's very easy to be cynical about just about everything. Yeah. The world is going to hell is essentially the the motto of cynicism. Yes. Why would you want to accept that as your worldview? Mm-hmm. Or at least <clears throat> if that is your worldview, why would you not do everything in your power to counteract it? We have a fundamental responsibility to be positive. Yes. I always say to people when I'm out at work, I want to be the change that I want to see. Yeah. And if in I, fact, that's on a lot of posters that I've seen be the change that you want to see in yeah, the world. I want to, if I can impact one person by role modeling positivity, um, and I, I make it a. I am adamant at work that I accept nothing less than excellence. Mm-hmm. And if you think that I'm, um, I, I have a lot of people who think that I am a red ass. Ma- yeah, maybe I was going to say something a little kinder, but <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of people who think that I, um, that I am, that I have too high of expectations mm-hmm. that I'm naive which is exactly what a cynic would call a positive person. Yes. And and every time every time that some that I hear that I remember someone saying to me this has been a long time ago but um someone said to me something about how when a woman has a baby because I was talking about like getting back to pre my pre baby body or whatever mm-hmm. and she said Oh, honey, that's not possible once a woman has a baby. And I said, my response was, that is only said by people who have already given up. Damn. (laughs) Did you say that to someone at work? Yeah. Holy (laughs) shit. It was a long time ago. How many times have you been to HR? Never. Wow. This this woman was going on their way out the door. Oh, so that's how you you say goodbye to people? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, she was generally an awful person. I mean, she wasn't my favorite person. <laughs> but I was like, don't, don't, no, I'm not going to tolerate somebody like trying to bring down my positivity. Yeah. That's no, that's not. If I want to hope and believe that I'm going to make a positive change to my body. Yeah. If you're going to try to stop me, you're. Well, you're and just gonna... specifically, I mean, take. Take those two trains of thought to their obvious conclusion. The conclusion of her thought is that you are destined to be fat and unattractive and just what's the point of working Mm -hmm. 
when it's not going to help anyway. Yours is, I'm going to bust my ass to see if, you know, and, and work as hard as I can to achieve those goals. What is the end of that? Maybe you achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. What a remarkable idea. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that I, I'm in my late 30s and have finally the, the veil of just nasty that has been my sort of my my thinking has finally sort of cracked. And like I said, I it's something I'm going to struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anybody, even the most positive people in the world, um, are going to struggle with uh, staying positive all the time. It's but not what, possible. It's not it's, possible. No, it's not possible. And and but when your when your mind frame is. I'm going to do my best to work towards that goal mm-hmm. rather than, you know, sitting back and. But I truly believe, well, it's not possible to be positive all the time. Mm-hmm. It is possible to find joy in every situation. Yeah. There is a pocket of joy somewhere in every situation. Even when you think about the, the Miss Fred Rogers quote about like a tragedy occurring. look for the helpers yeah yeah i mean that's you stole my, my oh sorry that's okay but that it belongs to fred it's, it doesn't belong to any one of us i mean it's just that's a perfect that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to think about i mean yes you're in the midst of something horrible happening right but there is always something that you can look at and mm-hmm. that gives you hope right and I think I think the I, I'm going to go on about them a lot, um, just because when I look back at who I was in high school, <laughs> these kids um, look. You can say what you want about whether they're going to change anybody's mind about guns or whatever. That's a you are working against history in that regard. But I will say. Those kids changed my life um, just because their ability or their, they chose to take the worst thing that could possibly happen to any of them and use it to drive change against some of the most vicious, just awful, nasty attacks from grownups mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I... I like how fast some people were were able to view these kids as victims and then puppets and then well it's not even that so it's just when they originally originally those kids were victims right which for a certain segment of the populace was fine be a victim keep your mouth shut mourn Whatever it is they think you're supposed to do. Not politicize. Right. Don't politicize after a tragedy to the people um, who can't see them as victims anymore. Like they can't. It's been less than a month since they saw them, since they were going to 17 funerals. Mm-hmm. And the and people I... that attack them can't like they have lost all perspective on that fact. Less than a month. Yeah. These are. 17, 18, 16-year-old children. Yeah, some of them can't even drive yet. Right. That I, 
lost one friend and I'm a mess. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 boggles the mind. So we can talk about like common ground and whatever all you want in politics, but even in the in the gun debate, that's fine. But the idea that people are trying to vilify these kids is infuriating to me. There is no gray area in that for me. They have more than a right Wait. to to you know why stand on their soapbox you know why they're vilifying these. oh no i i absolutely yeah, yeah. I, no that's that's why i'm saying there is yeah. no common ground no, here no and when, actually when, when you're vilifying them for your own agenda right. while accusing them of having an agenda give me a break right it's 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 a perfect example of someone who has no leg to stand on who is so scared they can just see that it's working that it's working yeah and so their last great hope ad hominem attacks on the kids exactly yeah and that the joy that i find in that is you can't troll kids that's right <laughs> they will smoke you online it's they came out of the womb tweeting there's like meh tweet it's amazing and like it i find joy in the fact that these people are are on their last leg their last leg is vilifying children Mm -hmm. and because they know they have no more they have no tools they have no other tools yeah that's their last resort that's their last resort and to me that shows that we're on the precipice of major change major change yeah um that's amazing I'm going to talk about them more. Yeah. I don't please, want, they're amazing. I, I don't really want to say like, um, I have a crush on a high school girl. No, I know. What you but mean. Emma Gonzalez is man. It's a respect crush. <sighs> yeah. Respect crush. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's incredible. Yeah. I'm going to start crying talking about her. So let's, let's move back to positivity. Cry if you need to, baby. No, I've already no, no. cried three times, four no, times. Now. I don't, I don't, uh, no, um, I we need to keep speaking. Okay. So anyway, that was a little tangent. My next note um, is positivity out equals positivity in. And so what I mean by that is um, you kind of have to, this is something where that's going to be getting a little woo-woo-ish. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's a road that I've been going down that you aren't going down yet well here's here's what i'll say about the woo woo stuff is this what you call woo woo there are practical applications to what you're talking about um it's not astrology it's not you know uh, though i do think there are practical applications for astrology as well oh then we're gonna get to that yeah we can okay but no but what i'm saying is a lot of the things that you talk about are are scientifically sound are are you know philosophically sound so i i don't dismiss them out of hand i think i just look at them differently than you do mm-hmm. spirituality is an aspect of how you you view these things where for me it's just practical application i guess 
But I'm sorry I interrupted. No, no, that's okay. It, uh, what I was going to say is, um, you know, I grew up actually a very spiritual person, but that spirituality was really tainted by um, a religion that scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I, I, it scared me so much that I be- built up a huge wall around my spirituality for a good 12 years, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, once I, it was once I got to college where I started building that wall. Here's a question for you. So you and I essentially had the reverse experience. Whereas I grew up in a non-religious household. I went to Sunday school till I was like, oh no, let me put it to you this way. The last time I went to Sunday school, this was my grandma was teaching it. Mm. So there was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, really yeah. the reason why I was yeah. being doing. Um, and then I got to school, which was in, or got to college, which was in Southern <laughs> Illinois. And I started encountering these people who were like, all about Jesus mm-hmm. in a way that I had never, like, I did not understand. Whereas you came from a place where religion was a, a shifty bedrock mm-hmm. of your upbringing. Mm-hmm. And then you went to a place that was, though it was a Catholic university, it was, it was more religiously liberal right. than where you grew up. So what was that culture shock like for you um it was it was uh tremendous Mm -hmm. you know when you grow up believing that it is wrong to question god and to ask and to ask questions about your religion it doesn't stay just that like essentially what they're teaching you is do not question authority correct because when you're questioning, quote unquote, God, you're actually questioning the grownups who are telling you what God said. So right. it's more than just you don't question the Bible. You don't question whatever. It's don't question the grownups Correct. in the room, which yes. is something it took you a long time to kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it one of the things that I grew up with was this idea that, um, for example, not going to church on a Sunday was a mortal sin. Mm-hmm. Mortal, meaning there are two different types of sin that I, that I learned about. Venial, which are the ones where you can be Kill forgiven. Deer. And mortal, which are the ones that you cannot be forgiven for. Right. Mort- if you have a mortal sin on your soul, you are going straight to hell. Mm. And I didn't enjoy church. No one enjoys Catholic church. Um, I mean, there are people who do. Well, they say they do. Okay. If you have a good priest, it could be enjoyable. You might get some good Yes, but your good priest is speaking for about 15% of... There's lots of lifting of cups. Yeah. And uh, what's... What's the Chalice? word where people repeat? Oh, um, you know I'm, I know what you're talking right. about. Um, yeah. So, so there, I always felt this this guilt and this fear, and and a lot of it was a, a problem with OCD. Um, there, mm-hmm. the Catholic religion is built largely around ritual, 
Mm. And that was not a good thing for me to. Right. Um, so there's a what? Do you remember what the word is for that? There's a yes. Um, scrupulosity. Scrupulosity. Yep. Yep. Is uh, um, people of various religions across the world are haunted by feelings of doubt, guilt, and anxiety that torment them by attacking that which they find most dear, their faith. Mm-hmm. Scrupulosity is a form of OCD in which the sufferer's primary anxiety is the fear of being guilty of religious, moral, or ec- ethical failure, which is exactly what, what I grew you did. up. Um, I had a lot of rituals that I felt if I just do this, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I didn't, whew, the anxiety kicked in. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got to to college and I met these priests and I went, I was terrified to go to religion uh, classes. We had a a requirement at um, the school that I went to was that you had to take two religion courses. Mm -hmm. I was terrified, so scared um, because I was like, what new thing am I going to learn that I have to be afraid of? So it wasn't a case of, of you being afraid you weren't afraid of learning something different than what you were told. No, it was something a new block on the Jenga tower. Exactly. I remember when um, this goes back to high school, but I remember when um, the Passion of the Christ came out. They decided to show that to our class um, when we were juniors or seniors. They played it in our religion class, and I got so scared of seeing it that I asked to leave the room for the movie. I couldn't watch it. And they let me. Good. They did let me do that. I got to go sit with the two other (laughs) non-Catholics. Yeah. That's, that's nice that they would, they would let you out of a viewing of what is essentially torture porn. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, So I had this fear of finding new ways that I was going to be wrong, that I was going to go to hell um that you had already missed your chance yes yeah you had already mortal sinned your way yes just based on ignorance yes so i was terrified terrified but i had to do it Mm -hmm. and that those classes ended up being my favorite classes in college Um, my first class religion class that i took was the 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 professor was a a priest Mm -hmm. um father d francisco taught um intro to comparative religions it was Mm life-changing um because that is where i learned that the things that i grew up with were not they weren't even necessarily like catholic right um dogma Mm -hmm. they were just like dogma that was regional yeah Mm -hmm. um and the priests were like, absolutely, you should be questioning your religion. Mm-hmm. They, you, by questioning it, you only, you can, you can strengthen your faith. Yeah. Um, and they encouraged us to have, uh, I don't want to say encouraged us to have a crisis of faith, but they talked about how all of these people who were very, um, who were saintly in the Catholic church had gone through tremendous times of questioning God Mm -hmm. and questioning the faith. And I was, and it was like my head exploded daily in that class. Right. 
Um, but what it also did was as I started to, I got so mad at the way that the faith was perverted. Yes. That I decided to build up walls, Mm -hmm. um, to protect myself because I knew that I would still have to interact with people Mm -hmm. who followed that or believed in that dogma. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in order to protect myself from all of the years of, because I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready to challenge that those, I wasn't ready to challenge those beliefs. The, the challenge that I, I just wanted ease. I just wanted comfort. Right. And that was to just like block off all spirituality. Like mm-hmm. I just don't, I'm not going there. I'm just not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I'm not into it because I was also still scared of what other religions might have to say. And I can't, I can't, other than the fact that I was scared, I can't, I can't quite explain any other reason for why I just completely walled off my spirituality. Mm -hmm. What does, cause that's, that's a loaded word. How would you define spirituality in the way you're referring to it um a belief in something that is greater than you okay um uh uh and maybe not even a belief but like even like questioning even the question like could there be something like Mm -hmm. i went straight from catholic to atheist right there was no agnosticism Mm -hmm. there was no questioning it was, oh my God, here is my opportunity to get rid of this fear that I've had my entire life. There, here is the chance to just shed 18 years of torture, really, <laughs> um, and just turn my back on it. I didn't want, I was, I just didn't even want to think about it. What I find hysterical about that, because my first bout of depression came when, the exact question that started my depression was when I asked my mom, did the dinosaurs go to heaven? And she did not have a satisfactory answer to that. Your mom doesn't have a satisfactory answer <laughs> to a lot of things. Uh, and God that was... Her. I love her. <laughs> that, that was... that was. What did she say? Something unsatisfactory. It oh. didn't matter. Oh, okay. It did not matter because what... <clears throat> Whatever answer she had given me, and this is problem with the onion of religion with inquiring minds, is you you go ahead and give me that one answer, peels one layer of an onion. Yeah. And then there's all these mm-hmm. layers mm-hmm. underneath it. If you are using sort of strict logic about religious questions, it comes apart like yeah, it sand. Does. I mean, it does. it's just... so. And that was the start of it is, you know, I, she didn't have answers. So when you're, when you're saying that you went from Catholic to atheism and it was relief, that's bananas because when atheism hit me, I was sleeping 16 hours a day because the prospect of a godless universe was so terrifying 
like I just do weird shit through that. Like I would stare at the sun because I expected it to explode. Like just just weird things. I mean, I was just in this empty space, and yeah. So that's the first time I dealt with depression. I just find it really funny that you came to atheism with joy I did. and I did. celebration I did. and the idea that anyone could tell you anything different. No, I reject that. <laughs> there is no justice in this universe. I will have my tragedy and no protection and what. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, the God that I grew up with was not a kind God. Mm -hmm. He was a wrathful God. He was a vengeful God. And he was OT, as they say. Yes. Old Testament. Yes. And um, had I known the beauty of Jesus, like the real Jesus, the hippie Jesus, the teachings... Yeah, what Jesus actually said right? based on the Bible versus, I don't know, how much, <laughs> this sounds so stupid, how much was Jesus brought up? He wasn't a lot. That's it, uh, nuts. It wasn't a lot of Jesus. Like, we had crucifixes. Uh, the, thing about, the thing about the Catholic faith is that in no other religion are you going to see Jesus on a cross in a church. Yeah. Every other church, the cross is empty. Yeah. Jesus, but but Catholics focus on the death of Jesus. And sin. Correct. Right. Whereas uh, all other religions focus on the resurrection mm -hmm. and the, the... The humanism and yes, the, yes. the teachings and yeah. Mm -hmm. So Jesus wasn't, he wasn't this... Like the teachings that it, what's really funny is that the teachings were just glossed over because I think they realized maybe at a subconscious oh, level. Jesus that, wouldn't drive with what we're doing exactly, here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. I yeah, I guess this is this is a world that is largely foreign to me still. And yeah, that never and I, had, I had no idea. And so spirituality to me, like as I've been do going down this journey lately, mm. is love. It's like. So when you're when you're speaking about it sounds like when you're speaking about spirituality, what you're really talking about is just humanism and our ties to other people and the 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 positive benefits of of joy and love. Yeah. And that connection. Yeah, and I kind of feel like I've been referring a lot to the universe mm -hmm. and and God as like the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. I'm I'm still questioning all of that part. Um, but I do. I am developing this somewhat of a belief that that there might be something that there could be a way that like everything is teaching you like the universe is mm -hmm. set up for your growth mm -hmm. um well i think i think i think a lot of that has to do with mindset where just changing your mindset to that alone mm -hmm. is going to uh allow you to to see the world as more interconnected mm -hmm. um and to to view things in a way that um the positivity and the connection 
to your fellow humans is is what um, is what that overarching uh, my dad just sent a text from San Antonio saying it's 75 degrees down there. Two excellent flights. Mm-hmm. That's a I'm, lot. That's a lot coming from your dad. Ooh, my dad does not like the flying. That's I'm gonna have to dig into what excellent means. I think that's good. So yeah, I guess yes, you're absolutely right. And I feel like ever since I have changed that mindset, you know, and I still, like I said, I don't know necessarily what the universe or what God means to me, but I'm allowing. Uh, I'm suspending disbelief a little bit mm. and allowing myself to lean a little bit on the fact that maybe there is something greater, something greater. Mm-hmm. And whether that's God, whether that's a universe, I don't believe that there is a man on a cloud sitting and guiding. But I do, I do think that I do believe that there could be a bigger picture. And even if there's not, that open-mindedness has Mm -hmm. allowed me to experience in the last few months things that I have never experienced before. Are you satisfied just being on that journey? Yeah. If it never reaches a destination? I am. I am. I don't need to know. There is something that's really powerful to me um, in just like meditating Mm -hmm. and... Um, I get these messages while I'm meditating, and I know that they're probably things that um, that I've heard along the way, but they feel like they come from like deep within, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, and it's there's there's kind of this fun to it to think that I might be getting a message. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I've just been like playing around with it, and I've kind of a- adopted the repeating numbers as my sign to to like reflect so that's one of the things that gabrielle bernstein um talks about she's really into like um she's a big in the spirit the new age spirituality um she one of the things she talks about is choosing your sign from the universe Mm -hmm. and so i've kind of adopted i right now in my newness to all of this I've adopted repeating numbers. So whenever I see 1111 or 111 or 222 on the clock, Mm -hmm. I just stop. And it's not that I, I, I use it as like, okay, take a moment to just center and Mm -hmm. like look around and what positive thing is going on right now or what message is like in me right now. And I just kind of stop for a minute. I just use it as like a reflecting point. Mm -hmm. And I always like, it always just kind of recenters me. And I've gotten like, I'm like, what's going on right now that I need to pay attention to? Right. And it's just a way of like, you know, we get so busy during the day. Right. And I've been see, and I know like when you're aware of something, you see it more often. But mm-hmm. I've been seeing it so often. And the funny thing is that when I try to see it, like when it when the, I see a clock that says 221 and I'm like, oh, I'm going to wait for 222 and then I'm going to. I always miss it. When I try to see it, I mm-hmm. miss it. Gab- Gabby Bernstein talks about how like you can't force the messages. They just they have to just come. Right. And so it's just kind of a like what 
the only thing that it can do for me is cause me to stop and think, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's how I use it. So that's why I get excited when something's repeating. Yeah. I'm like, I, oh. I didn't know why there's that a, happened in the car the other day. I'm like, oh. Yeah. It's just like a, hey, stop for a second. What's going on right now? Take a minute to just reflect. Like Gabby, her one of, her sign is an owl when she sees an owl. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. When she sees an owl, she's like, oh, stop and think about like what's going on right now. Yeah. Our, our house sometimes gets referred to as the owl, owl house. Yeah. Um, we used to have an owl that two owls, two owls that hung out in the backyard, the one in the back, one in the front. Can, is that necessary? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's the West side owl and the East side. owl. Okay. So there's there. I took the trash out within the first week of, of us moving into this house and the backyard owl was on the power cable out by the trash cans and something that I guess it just never occurred to me when an owl is static, like when it's just in a place, it's a very tiny thing. But when it unfurls to fly, they are giant. They're enormous. And it scared some things into my pants. <laughs> so, and we've been collecting owl figurines and statues and stuff ever yeah. since we moved into this house. So it's interesting that owls are, yeah, have that connection to her. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a matter of, she always talks about like just picking your sign and, and just watching for it and using that as a way to just stop and just be in the moment for a minute. And I think that that's, it's just kind of a cool thing yeah. to do. So yeah, I, I, I don't need to find an answer, but the journey gives me happiness. It's been giving me a lot of like joy Good. to, to just be, I've never experienced this level of lightness. Yeah. Because thinking about the potential that the I like the idea of the universe being set up in your favor for growth. Mm-hmm. That when you are ready, you will find your teacher will appear. Right. And just looking for those. Because if you look for ways to grow, you're going to find them. Yeah. If you're looking for signs, you're going to find them. Right. If you're cynical about it and you're not, then you won't. And so... Anything else? How do you feel about that? Well, look, it it goes, it goes back to what, what I talked about earlier on or possibly on a previous podcast, depending on how I break this up. (laughs) Um, Mindset is, is everything Mm -hmm. you talk about. I mean, you link the, the spiritual journey you're on to, to your Catholic upbringing, but really there's, there isn't really as strong of a connection there. So like you, your signs. Mm -hmm. So like you're, you're repeating numbers. Um, If all of a sudden you started seeing them less, that would not affect your spiritual journey. So there Mm -hmm. isn't, there isn't a dogmatic uh, attachment to those to those aspects so 
I think even linking the journey you're on now to to your the religious upbringing you had, I think it sort of perverts how people interpret it. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I feel like I feel like I have to tell that story because otherwise I've 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 lived so long with this like atheist mindset yeah that i'm not even like i'm right and you're not right right no i i guess i just feel like that's like i'm not saying that there isn't a a sort of a a narrative through line Mm -hmm. that one thing led to the other yeah i guess i'm just saying that there is a sharp delineation between what you're experiencing now versus what versus religion essentially okay what you are talking about is not is not religious it's 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 personal and it's philosophical it's not dogmatic the reason i asked you to define what spiritual means to you is because a lot of times people say they're spiritual because they don't want to go to church but they still think they're going to get into heaven Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's this well i believe in some you know it's it's when someone says spiritual it does not always denote a whole lot of thought being put into what that word means. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the case with you. And so I, I want wanted you to to sort of uh, to tease that out a little bit more just so there isn't confusion about, I believe I'm a good person, so I don't need to go to church. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you know, I'm... I the thing that I I've been looking at churches, mm-hmm. but it is like you said out a little bit outside of that. But I only because I've I've been looking at churches that support the journey that I'm on, mm-hmm. not the other. Not try to guide your journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm really really um, attracted to United Church of Christ that my mentor is a pastor at mm-hmm. um, because it's not about the religion. It's really about like loving people. Like when mm-hmm. you want to talk about activism, this to me, why I suggested that it might be something for our family to look into is because it gives, it would give us a community of, of people who are in it for activism mm-hmm. because my mentor is a lesbian who is married to a woman and she's a pastor in this church. Did you know you never told me that? I didn't? <laughs> no, you never mentioned that. Oh, I thought I had. No. No, she's married to a woman. And she is a pastor in this church. And to me, that is... That's every, rad. That's amazing. Yeah. And... I would have led with that. Well, I'm sorry. I thought I told you that. <laughs> but they don't just talk the talk. They walk the... I mean, mm-hmm. when... When the football players were kneeling for the national anthem, pastors and whatever they call their their like higher leadership in the second church, in command. What? Yeah. Yeah. They took a. They had a professional photographer, or maybe they did. Maybe it was just a. I don't know. Anyway, on their Facebook page, they posted a huge group of leaders in the church kneeling mm-hmm. in support of. The football players. So this is a church that is full of people who are act. You know they yeah. they're 
they're wanting to bring. They're uh, outward looking versus inward correct. looking. Correct. They it's, are in a bubble. Yes, and they're. It's all about challenging. Because even when my even when Becky, my mentor, talks to me, she always says like God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. You know, she mm-hmm. she even she's not like rigid. Rigid. I mean, mm-hmm. she's. She throws the F-bomb around. She's like very, like, she's so outside of a lead of a religious leader. The that... F-bomb is ferret, by the way. <laughs> but but the, the religious leaders that I grew up with, I mean, she's so outside of it that it's really drawing me to that church. And as I watch it on Facebook, like the posts that they, they're, they're, they're encouraging their, their, their church members to go out and march in the. Mm-hmm. The March for Our Lives. They're encouraging the women's march. They're, I mean, so that appeals to me. Yeah, it would be a, it would be this, it would give us a community of people that we could have these conversations with. Yeah, and that's why I think it's cool. And I just think like every time if we were to start going to that church, I feel like, I feel like this the the sermons that Becky would give mm-hmm. would be like a ph- philosophical, uh, uh, lecture. Okay. And so that's why I brought it up. Okay. Because I see it as it's not it's not religion. You need <laughs> Maybe we just haven't talked about it enough. Yeah. But based on what I just heard, your marketing of that place so far has been really weak. Well, I apologize. I thought I had told you this. Well, it, it's almost like when we have talked about, I shouldn't say we've talked about it. When you have mentioned it, it it seems like there's trepidation actually bringing it up to me. Like because you're afraid you make of me it. nervous about religion and stuff. But <laughs> um, like even the idea of talking about religion anymore is is silly to me because there is a disconnect between what religions espouse and what they live. And it's all over the map. And so it's such a big term that it it essentially has no meaning. In this country, it probably has a meaning just because white evangelical Christians have become this sort of political block. Mm -hmm. And most of the stuff they talk about, I reject out of hand. Um, But what you are talking about, that doesn't seem like religion. Mm Mm-mm. No, it's really, it's a, it's a community, a community of people who want to challenge each other. Yeah, and and bring goodness to the world. Right. For like, let's figure out ways that we can band together and make a change. Right. And that's why I've been loving listening to Rob Bell because mm-hmm. he's a lot of P- United Church of Christ people are like big followers of Rob Bell's teachings mm-hmm. because he is he'll start every one of his quote unquote sermons with now if you get if you get fidgety like talking about the Bible, just stick with me. But he the way that he has presented lessons up from the Bible mm-hmm. to me are like mind blowing. Like Well it it seems to me I guess the difference is the people who use the Bible as its source Mm -hmm. for uh belief versus the people who use it as a way to bolster 
philosophies mm-hmm. that have their own value outside of any religious context. Mm-hmm. If you think one book has all the answers, mm-hmm. I don't have much to say to you. Right. But if you say, hey, I believe in this aspect of, of humanity, here's what the Bible says about it. And likely, I'm guessing a guy like Rob Bell is going to be able to go, here's what the Bible says about it. Here's what other philosophical mm-hmm. leaders, other mm-hmm. civil rights leaders, here's what they've had to say mm-hmm. about it. They use it as a way to bolster their argument or right. their pitch sounds so marketing, but but essentially their pitch, right, their right. thesis versus starting with the starting with the text mm-hmm. and basing your thesis around this is what the Bible says. Right. Well, and the thing that's amazing about Rob Bell is he'll, when he refers to the Bible, he, he'll build an entire sermon around one sentence. Sure. And he'll say, this sentence has been so perverted mm-hmm. by religious leaders throughout the years. Like, if you look at what the writer actually meant... Not that he is can get inside the mind of the writer, but he has so much historical no, but knowledge. Exactly. There's historical context mm-hmm. to everything that was yes. written in the Bible. Like <clears throat> when I was in college, um, because I <laughs> all right, first awful admission for me, um, because I was essentially trying to prove to the girl I was dating that she wasn't a born again Christian, that her thinking was more in line with mine. I learned a lot about the factual history mm-hmm. of the Bible. And one of the most significant things that I learned was that all four of the Gospels, which are supposed to be eyewitness accounts mm-hmm. of, of Christ, were written at least 150 years after he died, which right. means no one who saw Jesus had any hand in and putting those gospels together. Right. And to me, when you dismiss the history, the historical context of, of the writers themselves, what, what the political environment was for, for Jews or for Christians or for whatever in that, in that time period, you're sapping it of significant meaning mm-hmm. Because these things weren't created in a vacuum. Right. You have right. to understand the context that they were built around, what these things meant to the people. The fact that a handful of white guys decided at a meeting, this does not get included in mm-hmm. the Bible. This part has to be. It. There was another gospel that was written, mm-hmm. but this group of guys decided, nah. And I'm pretty sure it was written by a woman. And they just sort of discarded it. They're like, ah, we can't have that in here. Men have to rule this position for millennia. Um, Why did I start talking about this? By the way, this is going to happen a lot. I was was talking about Rob Bell. Yeah. So I think think that is – whenever I hear someone talking about the the historical context of the Bible, they're on my wavelength. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they aren't, they, they're taking the whole picture mm-hmm. rather than the picture that was painted and, and curated for a specific purpose for a specific people at a specific time. 